0: Your source for community, Muskoka-made talk shows are on Muskoka Magazine, The Bay, 88.7. Brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Visit DairyLaneDental.com. Good morning, Muskoka, and happy Saturday morning. I'm Kelly, local art therapist and phototherapy specialist here in downtown Huntsville. And I'm your host of Mental Floor Arts, the show that offers creative alternatives to talking it out. And as you know, the show is about you and your daily concerns, and I'm just here on the other side of this mic to support you with those concerns, using a variety of art or photo-based activities. little something from me to you to help you see when you're stuck, where you're stuck, help you change your focus, and perhaps help you view your world just a little bit differently. So let's get right into this week's episode and topic of conversation, which is a good one because one time or another, each and every one of us has fallen prey to this, or as Guy Fieri would say, been on point. I know, sounds a little vague, doesn't it? Have I at least piqued your interest and curiosity with the Guy Fieri reference? I hope so. However, I also hope you won't be disappointed when you find out that this week's topic of conversation has nothing to do with food. In fact, far from it. This week's topic of conversation is actually centered around a social model of human interaction a social model called the Cartman drama triangle. And yes, I did say drama triangle. That's the reason for the Guy Fieri reference to being on point. Aha, I know that was a little lame. But anyway, um, I'm sure some of you have already heard about this. And as it, um, it does date back to the 60s. um, But I'm sure there are others of you out there who are shaking your heads, wondering what's, what's that? What's a drama triangle? Well, it's actually a triangle to look at. But not in the geometry sense, but in the sense that this triangle maps out a type of destructive interaction that can occur among people in conflict. So this triangle um, was created and proposed, like I said, back in the 60s by a psychiatrist named Stephen Cartman. Now, without going into too much detail about Cartman, suffice to say, um, he was a psychiatrist and he created this drama triangle model as a tool to be used in psychotherapy you know, as a tool that would assist therapists in helping their clients see their contribution to their current state of affairs. In other words, you know, kind of show us where we tend to reside when conflict arises. Show us where we gravitate to in terms of how we see ourselves and the situation and deal with that conflict. You know, do we stay stuck in one persona or another? Well, let me, let me first explain the, dra- the drama triangle itself before we go into any further detail about being stuck or where we might actually reside on that triangle itself. So Karpman used the, dra- the triangle shape as a way to demonstrate the three roles that people play when it comes to drama-intense relationship interactions and as a way to show or model the, the connection between personal responsibility and power and conflicts and the shifting roles people play. You know, he defined these three roles, or these three roles in conflict, as the persecutor, the rescuer and the victim. And he placed these three roles on an inverted triangle, so an upside down triangle, and referred to them as being the aspect, or three faces of drama. And you know, It's really quite interesting to think of conflict in this way and to think of ourselves as playing roles while in and faced with conflict, you know, playing roles in our lives. And that's what we're talking about today, the roles we play or choose to play. And let me reemphasize that or choose to play while we are experiencing conflict. So let's look at those three roles in a bit more detail. And let's start with the role of persecutor first and leave the role of the victim to the last, mostly because it's the one role we have all played at one time or another. This is the one point in the drama triangle that has housed just about every one of us. So what is the role of the persecutor? Well, the role of the persecutor is essentially, um, to pass blame, you know, on, on victims and criticize the behavior, behavior of rescuers. But, but it does so without providing any assistance, you know, any guidance or a solution to the problem. So really, persecutors are just finger pointers. And, you know, when we're looking at a rescuer, on the other hand, those are seen as someone who constantly or consistently intervenes on behalf of the victims. So both, both, both roles play a part in the victim. You know, so the rescuer, on the other hand, is seen as someone who constantly consistently intervenes on behalf of those victims, someone who tries to save the victims from harm or perceived harm. Rescuers would essentially feel a sense of guilt if they were to just stand there and watch while someone was being victimized. They would have the best of intentions or they do have the best of intentions sincerely want to help others, but what they fail to realize is that by offering let's say short term fixes um, for the victims, they end up keeping the victims stuck or dependent on them, and they end up neglecting themselves and their own needs as a result, which is why they often find themselves feeling tired, stressed, and and even behind in their own work and responsibilities. Because they're too busy trying to put out the uh, other people's fires, right? That's why they're often referred to as firefighters, but not in a good way. And so, you know, as a parent, I know that I've played that role of rescuer a number of times. And I'm, I know that I've enabled some of my, my children as a result, you know, of my need to try and fix it. So, so just think about that. Think about, you know, where you may have played the rescuer or, or even the persecutor. Now, this brings us to the role of victim, the juicy role, the role that we're going to focus on in this episode. And it's the role that each and every one of us has played at one time or another, or on, on one occasion or another. And I'm sure if they were handing out Oscars for this role of victim, we'd all have won one. I know I would have at some point or another, no question. I mean, like I said, it's a role we've all played. And I don't know about you, but that wouldn't be an Oscar I would proudly display on my mantle or bookshelf. Why? Well, because it's the role that leaves us feeling victimized. In other words, the role that leaves us feeling helpless, you know, trapped, hopeless even. And worst of all, feeling sorry for ourselves. It's the only role or performance that we throw a pity party for. You know, victims are unwilling to take responsibility for their own actions, sadly, you know, for the situations they find themselves in because they're too busy blaming others and feeling like the world is against them. They're stuck thinking they don't have what it takes to change their lives because it's everybody else's fault. They don't think they have that power, but they do. And so I'm going to leave you here and take a wee break so that you can absorb and reflect on what we've been talking about. And perhaps see if you can relate to what I've been discussing, or perhaps even recall a time or times when you may have played the role of victim and gone on to win your own Oscar for it. You know, perhaps you're looking at that shiny gold Oscar right now. Perhaps you're still performing. Perhaps you're still stuck in the role of victim, feeling powerless or incompetent and blaming someone else for where you are in your life. Like I said, it's a role we've all played at one time or another. So no one is passing judgment here. Believe me, I played the role myself. And it takes a lot of strength and courage to recognize being in that role and to step out of it because it's a tantalizing role, you know, but it's a role that can be overcome and declined. You can say, no, thank you. I don't want to play that role. So let's stop here and take a wee break. And when we return, I'll do my best to offer you a creative activity or process to help support your awareness of your role as the victim and what you can do to avoid finding yourself in that role. You know, as I said, this episode is dedicated to the role of victim, but rest assured the next couple of episodes um, will feature the other two roles just as prominently. So go grab a glass of water or a cup of coffee or a tea, use a powder room or whatever you need to do. And give some thought to your role of victim and what that screenplay entails or entailed. And I'll see you back here shortly. By Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Visit DairyLaneDental.com. Welcome back to Mental for Art. I'm Kelly, your host and local art therapist, phototherapy specialist. If you just tuned into the show, hello. You have a few episodes of Mental for Art you can look forward to and catch up on. And let me just say welcome to all our new listeners and anyone tuning in. And and I want to thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to talk with you, you know, to talk with you about everyday concerns and, and try and offer you some creative alternatives and approaches um, to those to those of you who aren't really, you know, wanting to talk about things that you want to try something different and, you know, to help you with those concerns that affect, um, affect you and and how you work them out. So again, if you're just tuning in today, we're on point with the role of the victim. Yes. I had to use that guy Fieri reference again, because I do love the cooking channel. Um, But it was also a drama triangle reference. So, um, let's get into the more serious aspect of this. So the drama triangle that was created in the sixties by <coughs> part of me, um, psychiatrist, Stephen Cartman. Um, it was created as a way to demonstrate the three roles that people play when it comes to drama, intense relationship interactions and as a way to show or model the connection between personal responsibility and power in conflicts. And again, the shifting roles that people play. So, Cartman defined these three roles, or these three roles in conflict, as the persecutor, the rescuer, and the victim, and he placed these three roles on an inverted triangle or an upside down triangle, and referred to them as being the three aspects or three faces of drama. And like I mentioned before, it's really quite interesting to think of conflict in this way. Um, it's not the only way to think about it, but it's it's a really good representation and an eye opening way to think of ourselves as role players, you know, as individuals playing the part of a role in our lives while faced with or when we're faced with conflict. And, you know, even outside of that. And and that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about the roles we play or choose to play. I'm emphasizing that again, or choose to play while we are experiencing conflict. So now you're up to speed. For those of you who are just tuning in. (coughs) Pardon me. I had a dry throat today. And for those of you who are returning, I hope you had a chance to ponder and reflect on what we've been talking about. And perhaps see if you can relate to what I've been discussing, or even recall a time or times when you may have played the role of the victim. I mean, if you're human, which we all are, chances are you played that role, the role of victim more than once. And chances are, you may also be able to identify with all three of the roles. You know chances are you may be able to see yourself or have been seen by others, you know friends and family, as the prosecutor or persecutor or the rescuer and the victim in various and different situations. We're not limited to one role. We can pick and choose which role we want to play in any given situation. And that role, like so many other roles in our life, will be a result of all our previous experiences, everything that's happened to us. You know, some of us, however, choose to stay stuck in the role of victim which is why we are focusing today's episode specifically on this okay this is for someone who feels like they're stuck in this victim role so again what is the role of victim well as i mentioned earlier in the show if you if you're caught up in the role of playing the victim then you're also caught up in feeling victimized in other words caught up in feeling helpless and hopeless and trapped and feeling sorry for yourself and why well, because victims, sadly, unwillingly, they, they don't like to take responsibility for their own actions, you know, for the situations they find themselves in, because they're too busy blaming others and feeling like the world is against them, you know, that old woe was me. They're stuck thinking they don't have what it takes to change their lives, that they don't possess that power. But like I said before, they do. And if you find yourself playing this role, then you have that power too. So Now, I do want to be clear here, though, that I'm not referring to those who have been mentally or physically victimized. I mean, that's legitimate. I am solely referring to those of us who choose the role of victim, not those who have had the role forced on them. That's a totally different conversation. So it's all fine and dandy to know what playing a victim looks like. But what can we do to change that or more specifically change our need to play that part or role? You know, those of us who are typically convinced that life is beyond our control and possibly out to get us. How can we change how we see things so that we can change how we feel about them and thus change the role we play? Because playing the victim, it's tiring, you know, for everyone involved. It's tiring for the person playing the victim role and it's tiring for everybody else having to listen and watch that. So, um, what do we do? Well, there are, there are you know, lots of things that you can do, um, but one of my favorite things to do is is to watch movies that feature victims, that feature individuals who have been physically or mentally victimized, you know, really get a feel for what true victimization looks like, and then ask yourself, in relation to some of those scenarios you see outside of yourself, you know, you watch on TV or in movies, does your situation constitute playing that role? Ask yourself why you're choosing to play the part of the role of the victim because the way you see your situation and this is important the way you see your situation makes a difference in how you process it and ultimately how you choose to portray it this this makes the difference in how long you stay stuck in it you know stuck in that role of being the victim so watch a few sorry watch a few movies that feature real victims and see what happens perhaps you'll even watch a few You thought featured real victims only to find out or recognize that they're not really victims, but that they're choosing to play that role. You know, they're choosing to play the role of the victim. Because in my experience, and this isn't everyone by any means. So, again, let me be clear on this. But quite often I have found that those who choose to see themselves as victims, and again, we're not talking about those who've been mentally or physically abused or victimized. We're not talking about that. We're talking about those who choose to see themselves as victims and not recognize their own responsibility or contribution in this. These individuals, and I have been guilty of this too, often feel less than, not enough, and unworthy. I mean, I, I can remember many instances. And, you know, these individuals, they look for attention wherever they can get it. That feel sorry for me kind of attention. The kind of attention that I call false attention. That leaves them feeling falsely important and falsely cared for. And I say false because it's attention that's been contrived or sought out. And that's the kind of attention that won't fill that void that you're ultimately feeling. That void that has you choosing to play a victim and seeking attention. That kind of a void needs to be addressed, you know, because it's the reason you're choosing to be and play that role of the victim. And it's the reason you're not getting where you want to be in your life. So here's the next thing I'd like you to do. On a piece of paper, I want you to write down a list of things that you would love to hear from other people about yourself. So essentially, I want you to write down a list of compliments that you would love to hear someone say to you. And these compliments can be about anything, your intelligence, your appearance, um, you know, your skills, your capabilities, absolutely anything. But the goal here is to get a list of at least 20 things or 20 compliments that you would ideally love to hear from other people. And like I said, these can relate to anything about you, you know, things about you on the inside and things about you on the outside. And once you have this list of compliments written down, I want you to take some time and review it. I want you to take a little bit of time and really think about those compliments. Take them in and absorb them as though you had just heard them. You know, you can you can even solicit a friend or a family member, (coughs) pardon me, to actually say them to you and see how you really feel when you hear them. And once you've done that, I want you to now put a check mark beside each one of these compliments or those compliments that you authentically believe about yourself or would authentically believe should someone say it to you, you know, wholeheartedly believe without hesitation or reservation. Okay. And once you've done that, I want you to now look at the remaining compliments that you haven't checked off. This is the important piece of this activity. Why? Because these compliments that you haven't checked off and don't wholeheartedly believe about yourself are the voids that you are feeling. These are the voids that you seek attention for. Attention from others that will hopefully fill you up, hopefully fill those voids. And these, my friends, are the voids for the things about yourself that keep you stuck and keep you playing the role of the victim. They are the shortcomings you feel you have. Or you feel you are lacking. And no compliment, doesn't matter how good it is, will ever change your feeling on these until you confront the reasons why those feelings are there in the first place. And this is the first step in stepping out of the victim role, you know, in recognizing your contribution to where you are in your life based on how you really feel about yourself. Because the longer you play the victim, The longer you stay stuck right where you are, you need to address what resides under those less than feelings. You know, those feelings that seek assurance, reassurance, even if it's false reassurance, those feelings that no matter how positive the compliment or the feedback, you still wouldn't believe. Those are the feelings you have to get in touch with. And it's going to be tricky and it might be hard. But you're just going to stay stuck if you don't look at those. And that, my friends, is a creative start to stepping out of the victim role and into one of confidence. So this brings us to the end of this month's episode of Mental for Art. And I I hope I was able to shine some light on why we choose, again, choose to play the role of victim. And how to identify where that need comes from. So thank you for joining me and for taking the time out of your Saturday morning to make mine amazing. Um, I, I look forward to meeting you back here again next month. And I will then address the role of persecutor on the dry, drama triangle and offer another creative activity approach for you to try. So keep your emails coming because that's what wh- where this one came from this episode stemmed from someone's email. So keep your emails coming because I love reading them and brainstorming creative ideas that will support you with them. So please be sure to send those emails and letters to kelly at pictureyourselfwell.com using the subject line Mental for Art. And until then, this is Kelly, your host of Mental for Art, wishing you all positive growth and healing. Have a wonderful month, everyone. And remember that the best way to put a little happiness in your day is to color someone else's. So keep coloring it forward and I'll see you soon.